0: A moment of business before we get into today's show. Surf Splendor is completely free, but you can support the show, and we need your support to help grow the show organically. Do so by sharing the show with a friend. Tell them verbally, send them a link to our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com, or promote it via social media where you can find us, at Surf Splendor. Thanks in advance, and enjoy today's show. Welcome to Surf Splendor. I'm your host, David Scales. Today's episode, Aloha Buttons, is dedicated to the memory of Montgomery Ernest Thomas, Kaluyo Kalani, better known as Buttons.
1: You know, some guys have a, go out there with an attitude, mm-hmm. you know, uh, try to intimidate you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not Buttons. Buttons is more like the class clown, <laughs> you know what I mean? So w- when he walks into a room, everybody notices him and, and everybody's attracted to him and it's to have a good time. Yeah. And he wants everybody to have a good time. That's just the, the type of person that he was.
3: Totally. You know?
1: <laughs> I would just like people to, to um, remember buttons for the happy-go-lucky guy that he was. You know, and he gave surfing stoke, the stoke of surfing. You know what I mean? And he never expected anything in return, except for maybe to see somebody smile.
0: That's Mickey Nielsen. You may remember photos or video of Mickey charging pipeline over the past few decades. Mickey grew up with buttons, and they maintained a friendship their entire lives. So you and Buttons lived and grew up in Waikiki area? Well, I didn't live in Waikiki. Oh, I, I lived
1: in uh, place, Kulio'o, right before you get to Hawaii Kai and Sandy Beach and all that. Oh, okay. I grew up there. Okay. But my uncle lived across the street, and they were the ones that took me surfing when I was a kid. So I was always there. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, like we were like 14, 15. My uncle had an old Ford van, and we'd load everybody up and drive out to Sunset Beach and camp on the weekends on the North Shore. Hmm. Me, Mark, Buttons, Dane, Ramey Abelera, Reno's younger brother. He'd get like eight guys and we'd stuff in his van and drive out there and just hang out in Hollywood until they shut all this... You know where the war memorial is in Hall Eva? Mm-hmm. There used to be a, a place called Jerry's Sweet Shop. This old mom and pops like diner. And we, we'd stay in there till like 10, 11 at night until they kicked us out. And then we'd go over to this guy Mike Myers' house at Sunset Point. And we'd all sleep in the front yard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Buttons personally. But my goal with this episode was that perhaps we could all know Buttons a little bit better by the end of it. Chris Morrow wrote a piece on GrindTV.com that I felt accurately portrays my relationship to Buttons just from the outside, kind of looking in and admiring him as a surfer. It's entitled, Why Buttons Kaluyo Kalani Was the Answer. I'd like to read it for you now. Social media has been flooded with heartfelt tributes to Hawaiian surfer Montgomery Button's Kaluyo Kalani in recent days. The 55-year-old from Waikiki passed away on Saturday after a painful bout with lung cancer. To tens of thousands of surfers he influenced during his mid-1970s heyday, including most who never met him, his passing still feels like losing a childhood friend. To understand Button's significance to surfing, it's important to grasp where surfing was when he came of age. In the wake of the late 60s shortboard revolution, the largest disruption of surfboard design ever, Hawaii became surfing's undisputed cultural hub. Its vast supply of waves, shapers, and talented surfers made it the perfect place for new ideas to flourish. In the late 60s and early 70s, good surf designs didn't come easy. Identifying the harmonious relationship between a board's silhouette, rail contour, and bottom curve, essential ingredients we take completely for granted today, was a massive mystery that needed solving. But in Hawaii, new concepts were being designed, crafted, tested, and refined at a rapid clip, putting the Hawaiians out in the front of the race to refine shortboards and redefine surfing. In 1971, when Kaluyo Kalani was 13 years old, fellow Hawaiian Jerry Lopez became the world's most popular surfer as the result of his idea factory. After outfitting his sleek Dick Brewer inspired pocket rocket with Mike Henson's down rails with sharp edges, Lopez was suddenly able to toy with Pipeline's ferocious folds, driving his boards in and out of its spinning caverns with delicate grace. The fledgling world of surf media was enamored by Lopez and followed him everywhere and then pipeline fell dormant each spring. That meant tailing Lopez to Oahu's south shore where he would join a gaggle of innovative townies shaping the future of surfing in the smaller, more playful surf, the kind most mortals could relate to. While the north shore was all about tubes, town was all about turns. Larry Bertelman emerged as the early leader in that department with his high gravity arcs and low spring-loaded stance. But Kaluuya Kalani, who was three years younger than Larry, soaked up all of Bertelman's elegance and agility, then added a healthy dose of spontaneity and a ton of fun. His hair, his smile, his antics, even his name was fun. Writing Ben Ipa's renowned Stinger designs, Button's Kaluyo Kalani brought mind surfing to the fore. His switchfoot carves, sliding 360s, and roundhouse cutbacks set the new bar for performance and style, leading us into the future we are all living in now. All the while, he extended the figure eight fundamentals by mixing in bigger bottom turns, radical redirects, and assaults on the lip. Whether they know it or not, today's surfing acrobats have direct lines back to Kaluyo Kalani. But it is unlikely that this proud Hawaiian's regal athletic aesthetic will ever be matched. When he appeared in the classic 70s flicks such as Playgrounds in paradise, fantasy, and free ride, Buttons stole the show, both with his surfing and his playful, fun loving charisma that set him apart. Lopez evolved into a quiet guru. Bertelman grew serious and overtly sponsored. Buttons, meanwhile, was forever the class clown around town and remained a lifelong grommet that radiated fun, defined cool, and above all else, bled Hawaii's aloha spirit and if he happened to look like a lovable misfit, it's because he was. That was part of his allure. If you surfed in the 70s, Hawaiians were your heroes, period. Every one of us wanted to get tubed like Jerry and carve like Larry. That said, given the choice, when asked who we wanted to be, for a lot of us, Buttons Kaluyo Kalani was the answer. That's why he'll be so missed. End quote. Well,
1: you know, you had your Jerry Lopez and your Rory Russell surfing pipeline type surfing, and then you just had this hot dog having a good time surfing. You know what I mean? And um, it's, it's it's two different way. It's like it's two different styles. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the like you're saying the older straighter line. That was the older generation, which and then and then buttons and Dane and. You know, Mark Liddell and Larry and they started doing, you know, small wave, let's say, town maneuvers okay, on right. bigger waves. They took what they were doing in Waikiki because they didn't know any better,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? They took the fun stuff that they were doing in Waikiki in these smaller waves, and they just,
0: when they moved into surfing bigger waves, they just continued to do that. I received an email from listener Adam Kay in Morrow Bay asking for an episode about Buttons. Specifically, Adam had read a story about an interference call that had been made during a contest about Buttons storming the judge's tower and about the call being reversed into Buttons' favor. He said he wanted to hear more. Mickey was on the beach during that event. It was the semifinals of the 1981 Pipeline Masters. But he dropped in on somebody and he got an interference. But the thing
1: was is he was like blowing everybody away in that heat, okay? He was he was blowing er, er, all the other competitors away. And for some reason, he blatantly dropped in on somebody. And they called him on it, but the boys just wasn't having it.
0: Okay, so what happened?
1: The boys wasn't having it. so basically
0: the boys meaning the, the other guys, not, not buttons necessarily, but everybody on the beach? Everybody on the beach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody on
1: the beach wasn't having it. Because okay. he was like, just, he blew everybody away in that heat, that they just said, no way. Okay. Okay? If if he's not in the finals, there's not going to be a finals, pretty much. That's okay. what was said. So they made an exception and made a seven-man heat out of the finals.
0: So what, well, can you, uh, were you there? Do you remember the interaction? I, like.
1: I was there. Alan Byrne was my, is one of my best friends, and he was my shaper for 25 years, and me and him were down on the beach, and the thing was, is it was nothing against Alan. It was more against the establishment type yeah, of thing. Totally, you know what I mean? Like, you know, because Alan was friends with everybody, but of course he felt bad about it too. He's like, oh man, why do you, you know? But um,
0: so did the boys. was it, you know, walk up and have a civil conversation with the judges, or what do you mean by civil conversation? What was it?
1: Like, <laughs> give me the story. Basically, the boys went up there and they, they just told him, hey, you know what? That's that's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just blew everybody out of the water. And, and you know what? You got to remember, back then in the North Shore, it was the wild, wild north.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that's when the North Shore was called the country. Right. Okay, and, and you know, it, yeah.
0: the boys just said, hey, this is the way it's going to be. You know what I mean? Was there... Deliberation after that, or did, was it just like, all right, no problem, we'll uh, um, throw him in the final? Well,
1: yeah, there was a little bit of deliber, you know, let's say a half hour, 45 minutes of deliberation, talking this and that, and just say, well, you know, finally, finally we just said, hey, either put him in the finals or there won't be a finals. Okay. So a seven-man final. So it was a seven-man final. Then he went out and dropped in on somebody again, so... There you go.
0: I think that's where I read he dropped in on Alan Byrne. was in the final. He dropped
1: in on... I can't remember who he dropped in on the semis.
0: Yeah, I don't either. But I know
1: he dropped in on Alan. It was either the the semis or the finals. Yeah.
0: And so was that dropping in on Alan, like deliberate? Like, hey, judges, I'm going to do it again just to prove? Or do you think it was just a perfect wave and he just had to go, you
1: know? One of of those... You know, well, you got to realize, too, is sometimes two guys start piling for a wave at a place like Pipeline. And... Once you commit to it, you know you have to commit to it because yeah. otherwise you're going to what you need to pull back and just go over the fall sitting down, right? Because because of the wave itself, you know what I totally. mean. Totally. So, um, I mean, I remember one time myself is okay. Here's a funny story about myself. Yeah. First year, one of the first years that we're surfing in the Pipe Masters, it's me and Dan Kealoha, Aloha, who's also my good friend, right? And this wave is coming in. And I wanna go left. And he's going, Mickey, I'm going right. I'm going right. I'm going right. And because it was Dane K. Aloha, I pulled back. And as we came together like this, I pulled back and I watched him take off and turn left. Right? And I just went, oh, I just got burned. Lesson yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah. Lesson learned, right? Now two, three years later, me and Dane are in a heat again at pipe. And I'm paddling out and he's paddling in catch the wave and I actually get inside of him but I'm still paddling out so he paddles by me thinking I'm just gonna paddle over the wave and I spun around about halfway up the face of the wave stuck my board in and shot out and waited till I got to my feet and he was just pushing up off his row and I went I got it Dane and he pulled back and almost went over sitting down on his board oh, no. and then <laughs> when we get it when we get it when we're standing up on the beach right they announced that me and him advanced through the heat. But the, there was tension in the air yeah. that say, why we're waiting for the results of the heat yeah. in Jerry's yard, right? And he's pacing back and forth and stuff like that. And I'm, we're sitting in. All of a sudden, they announced, oh, yeah, first place, Mickey Nails, second place, Dane Killaw. He's like, oh, oh, He looked at me and he said, Mick. Oh, brah, what? I said, hey, Dane. <laughs> I go, remember a couple of years ago? Yeah. You told me he was going right. I pulled out. I had to get even with
0: you. Payback.
1: <laughs> and when I told him that, he just started laughing. He thought, man, I'm so glad we made it through that
2: heat. But All right, cool. It was pretty funny.
0: Wow. <laughs> Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition The next portion of today's show was recorded at Buttons Memorial Paddle Out at Malibu Surf Rider Beach in Southern California. Buttons wife, family, friends, and the surfing community gathered to share stories and collectively process the loss of one of surfing's greats. I'll pretty much just let this play through as each of the speakers introduce themselves.
3: Um, my name is Mike Garrett and uh, I was a very good friend of Buttons and uh, I've known him since I was around 15 years old, now 53. He was 16, and I was from California, and I'd come over and surf Kaisers and Almoana with him and Mark Liddell, and got to be good friends with them. One year, he came to California with a sponsor named Rob Burns from Locomotion, and they were asking me, Mike, should we surf for this guy? And they were all staying with me at my dad's house, and he, Rob was 23 at the time, and I go, this guy's awesome. He was really cared about those boys. And uh, so Rob goes, you shouldn't be a pro surfer, because I wanted to be a pro surfer. He goes, you're, you're a businessman, you negotiate deals, and you're 16 years old. So that was the launch of my surfing career. And from there, I was able to start one of the best surf shops in the world in the 1980s working with all the surf industry guys. We really put a lot of money into the surf industry. We had stores and big malls in California. And Buttons was the first guy on my team, along with the whole locomotion surf team. And my house became a Hawaiian refugee camp during the contest season. And I loved it because it was all about Aloha. And uh, as my career went on, me and Buttons stayed in contact and uh he went through a dark time in his life in the 90s and then he found hirayata which watching his whole time going through even the dark times he had a lot of love i mean i've never seen it, anything like it dog the bounty hunters one of the only shows that they like to play when they want to get res- when they want to get good reviews because it makes you cry because at the end, you feel sorry for Buttons because he's so full of aloha, and uh, and that's that's the way Buttons was. He was a good man, and Hirata pulled him out of that dark time, gave him promise, stayed on his side, got him through. They opened Button Surfing School on the North Shore. Life was really good. He had a little baby girl. He had his. That was his joy of his life. In Nuatea. he enjoyed teaching him how to surf. Everything was going great. And he started feeling bad about two years ago when he was here. He was telling me, I'm not feeling too good. And uh, about 14 weeks ago, I heard that he had stage four cancer. And he was the kind of guy that just worked through things and the cancer had kind of gone crazy. And uh, they sent him home for hospice care, and he didn't want to give up. He had an opportunity to try. So he came here to California to try alternative things and try to live. And I got a call. I prayed for him with, with my group here. There's 20 of us in the living room. We prayed for buttons. And I go, I pray for him. Within a, a week, he's in the Bible study with us. That's how God works. And uh, we prayed on him and prayed on him and gave him a lot of hope, and he just loved coming to, to our Bible study and sharing, and um, everything was going fine. Then I got a call from Hirata. He'd come down once a week on Tuesday nights for the Bible study, and he got that, and I got a call from Hirata, Buttons wants you to meet him at the emergency, we're going to take him to the hospital. And I had eight hours in the emergency room with him. And uh, it was a little interesting time. I never gave him any lost hope. I go, you're gonna get through this, it's gonna be okay. And he would break down and he'd start crying and I'd just hug him. I go, I'm here, you're fine, you're a good man. No matter what happens, you're gonna be okay. But I saw that fear and I didn't want him to have that fear. So two days later, Ed and Chris came up to the hospital, and we worshiped with buttons. And uh, that was the last day that I did see buttons, but they brought him peace. I talked to the nurse. When they called me and let me know he passed away, last Friday, Saturday, I went to the hospital. I talked to the nurse that was with him She went to change his bed. He wanted his medicine changed at 7 o'clock in the morning. And after she changed him, he looked at her and he goes, Can you hold my hand? She said, Yes. And then he just passed very peacefully. And when you have stage 4 lung cancer, to go like that is a miracle. And he found peace and he found God. And he found God when he came here. He did not. He wanted to go home. That was what he told me. Mike, I want to go home. I want to work on my business. I want to work with my family. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I just want to go home and I want to get well. He was like a warrior going to the forest to heal. And that's what he was trying to do. But what happened was he was saved by God. And he went peacefully. And it's one of the things in life that when you come to the end of your world... It's a real important thing to know where you're going and not to be afraid. And Buns is going to be with every single one of us because of this. And he's going to be pushing us to feeling no fear and to love, to love God. He was all about aloha. He spread it no matter what you would do. I don't care if you were surfing with him. He'd see you do a turn and he'd make you feel better than him to everyone, everyone. No one was below him. Ever. I know that. He was the best surfer, most innovative surfer on the planet. This guy had no ego. He had aloha. And he's the father of modern surfing. And I like to call up Noble. Buttons brother.
2: Before I start. I'd like everybody to come together, closer. Come together as one heart. Reach out, touch hands, hold hands. Let's be one unit of love. Share buttons mana with each other. Aloha. Aloha. My name is Noble Manister Okala Kaluhi Okalani. I am the brother from the same mother.
4: That's
2: what we always used to joke about.
3: Sorry.
2: I am humbled by the aloha that I received here in Malibu. And I've touched uh, deep because everyone that we met opened their doors for us. Ah, Simon, thank you. And there's three brothers up there. We met the other night at the bar, took us up to their ranch. (laughs) Awesome, (laughs) mahalo. I've lived overseas for the past 25 years, I come and go, and I've never met Buttons Ohana from California and you guys look awesome I can see the love the aloha and I would like for you to continue that in your heart because buttons that's what it was all about aloha love I used to get angry at him sometimes because I didn't like the way some people were treating him and he said "Ah, never mind brother just let it go and so I did, I let it go. And this journey took up to California, we talked about it and he told me that's his decision. That's what he wanted to do and I let that go. So now I'm here, I would like everyone in their heart to share the love, feel the mana that we all feeling right now. Hold it forever. And when you're down and out, just think about the love that you still have in your heart, always. Always share that with each other. I'd like to share something that during his later days in Wailoa, I used to go hang out with him. And it was hot in his room, so I bought him a, fan, a ceiling fan with a remote control, so he didn't have to get off the bed. I was gonna put a refrigerator in there, but I figured if I did that, he wouldn't leave the room. <laughs> so, uh, he wrote something on his door. I'm taking that sucker home with me. It says, I love my life. I love my wife and my kids. I love Hidiata. She's the number one in my heart. Hang on. And most of all, everyone on the planet, hate no one, please. It's the only way to be with one. Isn't that awesome? Sounds just like him, doesn't it? I appreciate everybody coming out, turning out. Man, you guys are awesome. Love you, aloha.
3: Going to have Greg Mungrel. Oh, sorry, Alan Sarlo. <laughs> a little nervous here, but uh, Malibu is a special place to Buttons, and uh, Alan's going to tell you why. And I was had the fortunate to be here during that time as well. It was real special. Thank you, Alan. Uh,
5: thank you. Well, when we were little kids hanging out at the Jeff Ho shop, Ben Atpa used to come over, and uh, he used to talk about buttons, this hot kid from Waikiki, and we were just like, you know, oh, my God, what are we going to see? And then uh, two, two summers later, 1979, we have uh, the first professional surf contest on the whole West Coast. It was before the OP Pro. It was right here at Malibu, and it was called the Sun Kiss Pro. And I know PT remembers that. And uh, Buttons, Buttons walked right, right through the the wall there, and we just all the whole beach turned and just watched him <laughs> walk up the point. It was it was that it was that big, <laughs> and and he just dominated the contest. It was like wow, you know, when Buttons surfed, everybody was, the beach was down there watching him surf. Anyways, he ended up winning the surf contest, and he had the biggest grin on his face, the biggest aloha, and we we're t- all us little groms were just in awe, just like wow, that, that, that's insane. <laughs> and then uh, two, we had we had a lot of good time surfing all over the North Shore and here. But one of the biggest memories I remember was two uh, winters ago, we were on the North Shore surfing some outer secret spot, and we were just going to go paddle out there, kind of low-key, and here comes Buttons, and it was Andy, uh, Lyons and I, and we snuck out, and Buttons gave us the biggest aloha, he goes, go get him, you guys, the waves are perfect, and we got out there, and it was 10 to 12 foot, and the most insane barrels, and he was coming in, and he was giving us the aloha, and the power, and the mana to go out there and charge these waves, and we were just so excited, and it was just amazing, so...
3: Could I have uh, Don Bigelow come
6: up, please? Hi, my name is Don Bigelow, and uh, I had the honor of knowing Buttons Kaliwa I met him uh, about 30 years ago, and uh, that first impression was a very lasting impression. Um, I'm that brother from another mother that he says to so many, but he says it with love that everybody realizes uh, he, he feels it, you know, he felt it. And he meant it. Um, There was a thing that we used to do, you know, in the mornings when I'd be in Oahu. And uh, he'd uh, wake up and say, hey, Don, read something out of the Bible. Read me something. And there's a a passage that I I found that really, really hits home for me. And uh, will be forever remembered as uh, Button's Kuduokani passage. And uh, Mike, can I get you to hold this for a second, please? Um, Matthew 5:16, and it says, "Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, who is in heaven." That one's buttons. The light shining down on us right now is buttons. Last week, I, I spent some time alone. And I really needed to uh, have some peace, you know. So I went on a soul surfing, you know, expedition to Mexico and basically just cried out to him. And he was with me. I could feel it. You know, he'll be remembered by so many things to so many people and in so many names. But to me, he'll be always be my brother. I love you, Buttons. Thank you,
3: John. I uh, want to have Sumu come up. One of the things about that light, Don, I want you to know, this is the first thing Button said to me when he came to see me. He said, I am the light. I am the light. He just kept saying, I am the light. And uh, that was Buttons. And I uh, wanted to introduce you to Sumu Sato from Huntington Beach. He has a ministry there called H3O. H2O. H2O. <laughs> That was a surf magazine <laughs> by my friends. But uh, here's Sumo. Um,
4: I'm going gonna to do a paddle out after everything's done. But, you know, um, everybody knows Button on this side. I kind of knew Buttons growing up. Uh, I grew up on the North Shore. And we, we, really, we didn't get to frequent the um, town. If you don't know, why do you call it town and country. You eat it for the country or you're a townie. So country guys never really went into town, but I would sneak into town. And um, I remember buttons used to come and skateboard by my house in Kaneohe called Rivers. And I lived right up the street and I was a little kid. I was probably like eight years old. And I was a little fat kid and dropping into the river. And um, I grew up in uh, Punalu. And uh, buttons would come and surf at this by my parents' house called Monster Mash. And uh, anyway, I would go see them, and we'd go surf VLAN, and I would wanna go surf VLAN, and they surfing, and in the mid-70s, VLAN was even, you know, if you're white, you couldn't go there. And even if you're a local, there's a pecking order. And um, Junior Pono always told me, he goes, sit on the beach, dude. I'd go out there, he goes, get in the water right now. and Buttons would walk past. Come on, brother, let's go. I go, cannot. Junior told me I gotta sit out here. Uh, and Buttons, to me, see, I knew Buttons. I, did, I partied with Buttons. I, I did the flip side. I, I, I pastor a church now, but I, I know him in both worlds. <laughs> And Buttons to me was a prophet, encouraged the, you know, if we could write a Hawaiian Bible, not to be, not to be sacrilegious or anything, but there would, should be a prophet Buttons, because when we were young and I used to go to town, um, and th- these things come flooding through, and I'm going to call up Duke Ipa. he got some stars too, but we'd go, they, you know, they would serve Kaisers, and I would serve big rights, then right at the end entrance of Kewalus going into Ala Moana, used to have this silver truck called the Kaukau Wagon. Who remember cow Wagon? Nick, yeah, all of the cow Wagon right there. And man, you could get one plate lunch for two bucks. And my mom would always give me five bucks so I could eat two, you know? <laughs> and Buttons was prophetic, man. He'd always go, he goes... And they didn't call me sumo back then. They called me Moon because my head was so big. He goes, Moon, man, you got to stop eating rice, dude. You're going to get fat. And look at me today. You know, they call me sumo, but he's pretty... <laughs> he's a prophet in that manner but you know what, I got to see him um, from the age eight till, I haven't talked to him in years, but when I did see him I mean gosh, it, it was crazy and you know the love he exuded was crazy um, take, take your I don't know what out. to say it, it's pretty sad, I do I don't know if you know but not. I do, I do most of the paddle outs for pretty big people in our industry and I think this is the most one that has gonna affect me the most because I seen him on the backside and the flip side. Um, I did things in the dark with him, um, but also lived in the light. And you gotta understand something um, about buttons. Um, I re- always remember him saying, I goes, You know, I don't, I don't like Uncle Junior out there, man. He beat me up all the time and all this stuff. And he goes, Hey, you, you gotta understand, that there's plenty of ways for everybody. And Uncle Junior is just making sure everybody gets a wave, you know. And uh, he always had a heart, and uh, that's how I'm going to remember buttons. But I'm going to give some instructions for some paddle, but I know Duke wanted to say something. Duke. Duke Aipo. Uh, hello, everyone.
6: I um, was talking with my dad last night, and uh, he was just reminding me of some some awesome facts from our lives, like when me and my my sister Loke and my brother Aquila were were little little, that Uncle Buttons and Mark Liddell used to come over and babysit us and do like uh, puppets for us on the the dinner table. And once he started talking about it, I actually remembered it, so it's pretty unreal. Uh, but really, my dad can't be here today, so he wanted me to tell everyone. Now he thought of Buttons as, a, as his son. He's going to miss them. And he knows wherever he's going to go, that he's going to make everyone laugh wherever he goes.
3: So aloha. I'd like to uh, bring up Pastor Ed Peoric. And after Ed's done... Sumu's gonna give us paddling instructions and we're gonna get out there and the thing about a paddle out is everybody open your heart out there. That's water. Crying means you're you're loving. So if you wanna cry out there, we're all gonna cry with you. Do not be afraid. Do not just let your heart out. But here's that. I have a little bit more
7: than a prayer. <laughs> you can never ask a pastor to just do a little prayer. There's always something else, but uh, this will be a very little short uh, thought. I only knew Buttons for 16 days, uh, but when I look at those 16 days, it was like I got a good snapshot of his life. And he came to our little Bible study down in San Clemente as we were finishing a study uh, for the whole year on Big Love, and of course he fit right into it because when i think about what i what i saw in the snapshot of button's life in those 16 days could only be described as big love and when i thought about the aspects of big love that i saw in him the first was his big love for life his big love for life you saw that in his smile which was iconic You saw it in his surfing, which was infused with love and life. And then I saw it in his struggle when he was fighting for his life against cancer, Uh, his incredible big love for life. The second thing I saw in him was his big love for others, his big love for others. You could say that the love in him actually emanated from him. There was a presence of love in buttons that you could feel whenever you were around him. I believe that that was the divine presence and a divine (laughs) gift given to him. This big love was also one that he expressed to others. You heard it. I don't know how many times I heard him say, I love you, bro. And I'll never forget the last words he said to me. I love you, Ed." And I know that he expressed that love in that way to probably every person here, but those are very precious things to remember. And then finally, in his big love for others, he had a love that enlarged us all. Like Mike was saying, he was bigger than life, but when we were around him because he loved us, it made us feel bigger about our life. But probably the thing that was most impressed to me in my 16 days with buttons was the big love that God had for buttons. God's big love for buttons. And I could see that it began early in his life when God out of his love gave him what I would call a fun gift. He gave him the gift of surfing and other skills But he put fun in it, and joy in it, and that's a beautiful combination. Now that fun gift led to fame, but fame can be fickle. And that led him on into his journey and experiencing more of God's big love for him. The next installment of God's big love for Buttons was bringing him to faith. Faith when he found Jesus Christ as his savior. And out of that big love that came from Jesus, Buttons found something that he needed in his life. He needed forgiveness and he needed freedom. And we saw that in the last seven or eight years of his life, the freedom to pursue life again. But God's big love for him was not over yet. There still was a love that Buttons was looking for that he had not yet experienced in love in life. He was looking for the love of a father that he never had. He was looking for the love of God as Father. And I believe that's why the Father and His great love brought him into our little study down in San Clemente, a place where he could come and experience the love of His Heavenly Father. And he found it there. We have a picture of him sitting on the couch, surrounded by 12 of us praying for him, and it almost has a supernatural glow on it. But what was happening was Buttons all of a sudden was receiving the experiential love of his Heavenly Father. And it was just filling that emptiness in him that he'd had his whole life. And it began to feel, fill him, and like Mike said, the fears began to melt out of him. And I see him now, embraced by his Heavenly Father in a forever love. Now, when he was coming (laughs) to the group on the last night he was there, he said, I cannot wait to go back to my home in Hawaii because I'm going to start a big love group. (laughs) And I think that we are the beginning Of that big love group you see God in his love used buttons as a channel a vehicle to put his love in every one of our hearts if we put our hands over our hearts we can feel the love that buttons left there but it's the love of God for us and it's that love that we need to connect with then each one of us are going to go on the mission of building a big love group in honor of Buttons. And so if we could bow our heads, I'd like to lead us in a prayer that I believe that Buttons would have us pray. And it's a prayer of saying yes to this big love. I'm going to read this prayer slowly, and you can sort of let it soak in. And if it's the prayer of your heart, you can sort of say yes to it as we're praying. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of big love Buttons was in our lives. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of saving love. Jesus is to us. We thank you for the gift of your Father's love in our life. This day we receive these gifts in our hearts afresh. May big love fill us and overflow from us. May Button's legacy of big love live on in us. Amen. Amen.
3: Thank you, Ed. Suma?
4: Thank you, Pastor Ed. You know, um, it's interesting growing up in Hawaii and where I grew up on the North Shore, not even thinking that I'd be a pastor one day. Um, I went to, um, I, I call it cemetery, but it's seminary. Um, and it's interesting knowing about the Hawaiian language. See, Hawaiians is a dying breed. Guys like Noble, Buttons. There's no generation of Hawaiians like that, right? No, no. There's no Hawaiians that eat ake, palu, and po'i. Not too many Hawaiians like that. You guys probably don't even know what that is. But anyway. But it, what's so funny about the Hawaiian culture is that um, there wasn't an established language. What happened was the missionaries came. They kind of screwed things up in Hawaii. But they gave the Hawaiians a language. Hawaiians, in the Hawaiian language, there's no bad word. There's very few negative words in the Hawaiian. So Hawaiian was structured by um, the vowels, a, i, u, e, o, and he ke lamu nu ve. And out of that, we got this, the, the, this, the, this word aloha came out of it. And the word aloha, if you break it apart, if you know, alo means face to face, like face to face. Mike knows. Ha means your breath, the breath of someone. Today, as we celebrate Button's life, and I'm gonna try not to cry, but when we enter the water, I, I, want, to, I want you to imagine Buttons face to face. I can imagine, I, I have vivid memories. I don't need to watch videos, man. I've seen this guy for years do funky stuff that didn't have video cameras back then. You know what I mean? Um, that you'd see him face to face. He's in a better place. And that you'd feel his breath encouraging encouraging you about what Pastor Ed was saying, this big love. See, I, 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 I know Buttons well enough to understand that when he died, he knew he was going to die alone. When you face God, you face God alone. And that's the fear that God took away from Buttons. And he's in a way better place. Thank you for a good word, Pastor Ed. But um, as we go out today... Trying to feel, see buttons face to face. Feel his breath t- saying, you encouraging you, encouraging you, encouraging you. you. know, he would, you know, I would, when I was young, man, I was a fat guy, but I still could run. Guys would tease me, I'd chase him, I'd bust him up, you know. I could roll quick. Everybody would tease me and, you know. I can tell you, man, so much stuff, how many times, man, I, if you grew up on a North Shore, a harsh place to grow up, buttons would come, he goes, go, Bad, I never mind, man, you may be fat, but you okay? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, buttons made you feel good to be fat, you know? <laughs> but so as we paddle out today, um, some paddle lot instructions, you know, we're gonna form a circle. We form a circle because We're not saying goodbye, we're saying see you later to buttons because we're going to see you later. So it's a unity circle. You you form a circle, it never ends. This thing never ends. Button will never end. His legacy will live on to Hiri, the children, all of us, the legacy that he's left for us. So we will form a circle. Beautiful thing about the water, water connects everybody, all of us. If I'm here in Malibu, my my brothers in Hawaii, we connected through the water we're connecting with one another. So we're gonna paddle out, we're gonna form a circle, put all the family members in the middle, I'll be in the middle, and what we'll do is we'll pray, we'll grab our flowers, we'll throw our flowers in. On three, I'm gonna yell one, two, three, we'll go buttons, 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 and we start splashing water and hitting the board. So um, we'll do that, and that's the instructions.
6: Planted on the
0: forest floor, Aloha, forever. Buttons. Thanks to Mickey Nielsen and everyone else who contributed to today's show. We've posted videos of Buttons surfing on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com. Please share your thoughts on today's show or about Buttons in the comments section on this show's page. Some of you left very kind comments about the Sean Thompson episode, so it's been really great to see this conversation continue online. Follow us on social media, at Surf Splendor, where we're posting photos of buttons. Also, if you listen in iTunes or Stitcher, please rate the show and leave a review. It helps others to find the show. Anything you can do to promote or share the show is an investment in the show's future you are the only advertising we've got. So the more people that are listening, the more shows we'll be able to produce. And as this show is growing, we actually have an opportunity for an internship available for an associate producer position. So if you have a passion for storytelling and surfing, please go to our website and submit your resume. Lastly, We've received inquiries about the music used in various episodes, so we've dedicated a music archive page to our website where you can find each and every song used in a given episode. And again, it's surfsplendorpodcast.com. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a better understanding of the kind and loving spirit that is Buttons Kaluyo Kalani. We'll catch you next week. Aloha, Buttons.